every single video should feel like a story. So there should be a beginning, a middle, and an end. But the first second is probably the most important, at least when garnering a viral video on the platform. Dude, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to have you on. I've been such a fan from afar, you know, watching since we last met, watching you blow up on, on TikTok and then Instagram and, and now YouTube. Uh, man, I, I got nothing. Having me. <laughs> I've got nothing but uh, nothing but but pride in knowing you, I guess, is what we'll go with there and just happy for you, man. So I want to talk to you about this journey you've been on. Talk me through, you know, so TikTok first comes out. You were pretty quickly on the scene. You've been at this for a couple of years now. Um, how did you get started on TikTok? So I was a fan of Musical.ly because not, not necessarily a fan like getting content with it. I just, at the time when I first learned about Musical.ly, I didn't understand it. So one of my younger cousins was on the platform and she was like, yeah, just, just get on the platform, see what it's about. And all I was seeing was people were lip singing these songs. And so I downloaded it and then I watched Musical.ly grow. And then 2019, January of 2019, TikTok bought it. I remember like it was this huge merger, huge thing that happened. And then from that point on, I decided I was going to start posting on TikTok. I was like, these people on Musical.ly were creating content, developing audiences. Why don't I just try it? Just for fun. Let's just see what happens. I would. Do, I wasn't going to take it seriously. I just wanted to make content. And sure. the cool part about it was everyone on Instagram, if I were to post something on Instagram, I'd just feel judged. Because no matter what I post, it was my friends, it was my family mm -hmm. seeing it. When I posted on TikTok, it was like nobody knew who I was. So I could create any kind of persona or person or account that I wanted to be. So And that's, that exactly mirrors free. like what happened because, sorry to cut you off, but like as as a person who knew you at that time, the first thing I heard about you was like from, I, I had no idea you even had this whole like TikTok thing going on. The first thing I heard was like, you had already reached like 300,000 followers. I'm like, whoa, he's already killing it. So your, your strategy there worked. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I, uh, yeah. So appreciate, appreciate that. Like, it was it was just something I wanted to do for fun, and I remember the first time the first time any post catched caught on. So just just to keep in mind, like I was posting on TikTok for a solid like four to five months before going quote unquote viral. And when I say viral on TikTok, it's a little different than YouTube. YouTube vi virality um, can be seen as a little bit less on TikTok in terms of virality for where you're at as a creator. It can change. Uh, back in the old days of TikTok. Going viral on TikTok fell anywhere from around 300,000 views to 10 million views. Yeah. Um, so that was the first point of virality for me. I didn't go viral viral until I posted 150 times on the platform. Wow. So it was just continuous learning and trying and creating until the point of figuring out how to create content that keeps people engaged and wants to rewatch the video too. So what was your first piece of content that went viral? My first piece of content, <laughs> the first one, the very first one. So first video that ever got 300,000 views was looking at the show Phineas and Ferb and talking about the biggest flexes on the show. So it was very much like some there. There's a, a technique um, that people can use when they're trying to, to 
gain attention on any platform. And that is, in a sense, social hacking. Taking something that people know and adding your own flavor to it. A very great example of this would be a, a YouTuber to, to come onto the scene where his, his name was Eric, and he would sneak into fights um, for the, the big ones that were happening, the, the Logan Paul versus KSI, Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. And he would create content off of these people and gain viewership from others. So what I did is I used Phineas and Ferb as the first video and people connected with the show. They liked what I had to add to it. And then that just continued and it ended up being biggest flexes on YouTube, biggest flexes on these random things. So that, that was very low following by the way that was anywhere from 100 to 500 followers back so it's funny that you talk about social hacking like that because i was i noticed that when i listened to like your current videos that you're putting out you're still doing that like your videos yeah. typically start with do you know bella porch or you know do you know the song whatever whatever and you go off of that like you start with something that people are already familiar with is that your formula that you that you use for your videos yeah 100 percent. so like um, the formula right now for the content that I know that works is asking a question um, in the in on on TikTok and on any platform. There's just so much content that goes out every time, everywhere. I think I think there was a, a statistic that said there's 57,000 hours of YouTube content right now. So in terms of getting someone's attention on TikTok, especially, you have to get them in the first point three seconds. So using the words you. Point three, yeah. Because people are just scrolling so quickly. Sounds right. Um, using the word you, if you if you make the content about the, the watcher, then they're most more than likely to stay. If you if you do a twist ending, then they're more likely to rewatch the content. If you... Every single video should feel like a story. So there should be a beginning, a middle, and an end. But the first point, first second, is probably the most important. At least when garnering a viral video on the platform. Very interesting, and that, it feels like it's something that would be a best practice in every platform, right? Like, I'm now dipping my toe into the YouTube world, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But you know, the the first few seconds is like a hook, like this is why you need to watch for the rest of this video, and it's just like it feels like each platform. As I'm learning a little bit more about how to make organic content, it really feels like the differences between each platform is just how quickly you need to steal their attention and keep them like locked in and TikTok being one end of the extreme and I don't know maybe YouTube or LinkedIn being the other end true great great point on on that when it comes to to YouTube as well I've, YouTube's a little different because in terms of of YouTube it's more of an opt-in style content versus TikTok you're just fed the content mm. so on TikTok you don't have a choice you're on your page and you're scrolling you don't pick the content. On YouTube, you see a thumbnail, you see a title, and you, you're the viewer, choose to watch that video. Uh, so you're more likely to watch longer of it. That makes sense. It's like a micro-commitment that you have to make before you're watching it, so you've already kind of invested at least your intent. Exactly. Before you're watching it. So that's why, honestly, my opinion on YouTube, thumbnails and titles, more, sometimes more important than the video itself. Because... <laughs> No, if no one clicks on your video, no one's going to watch it. Fair enough. And someone, some amount of people click on it. You know, the video is what it is, but, you know, getting people to watch it is what's really the main, the main variable that's going to exactly. impact your success. 
retention. So, and the other thing you said on TikTok was like, you know, there's a having a twist ending makes people rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Is that valuable because of the algorithm? Yeah. So, in terms of what I've seen on TikTok, the the places that really get garner you a lot of success is retention and rewatch time. So when people rewatch your videos multiple times, they're more likely to push it to more people because TikTok's goal is to keep people on the app so they can feed them more ads so they can make more money. So if you as a creator can keep people on the app, they're more likely to push your content to more people in general. So good example of this. I um I was promoting a song and the whole thing was I was dropping a song the same day Justin Bieber was putting out his album. I remember this. And what I talked about was how he had cars, he had women, he had money. What do I have? And the 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 actual response should have been like I have, you know, belief in myself, da da da. But instead I said, I have a Yoda backpack. And that was it. Like that was the ending of the video. And people thought it was hilarious. They wanted to rewatch it. They wanted to That was my highest pre save thing I've ever had for uh, a song ever. So that was that was sweet. So the twist ending allowed it to people people wanting to rewatch it, people going to the comments. Also if you can get people to comment, it counts as a rewatch too. So Oh, because they're still more. like commenting after they've seen it so the video plays again. Exactly. That's interesting. So I've I've found that if you can start conversation, a comment war, if you say like Drake versus Kanye, people are more likely to comment like for example doing a controversial topic if you say something wrong in the video like if you spell something wrong on the screen people are more likely to comment and want to be seen correct (laughs) do you intentionally spell stuff wrong sometimes (laughs) probably a year ago i went with that tactic but but nowadays my goal is simply just to provide value to the audience by being entertaining what what are you at right now Six hundred thousand subscribers actually so i i made this I made a YouTube video yesterday about just how I got, how I think I got to this point. Just a small video about how I, and I had to write it down. Right now, I think it's like 665,900 followers. Nice, dude. Yeah. That's a killer audience. It's pretty awesome. So what, what do you think, you know, I know you got a video about it, right? But like, what, what do you think, uh, what are some things that made you successful where others have failed? I think a huge part of success is willing to fail. I mean, going back real quick, I posted 150 times before I quote-unquote went viral. And on top of that, after I went viral, you more, more than likely what's going to happen is, especially people on TikTok, they post and they may get a video that hits 1 million views and it's this huge rush of dopamine and it's the biggest thing in the world. Then they post again and then they get 30 views. And then they post again, and they get 100 views. And then they post again, they get 150 views. And they're like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't have that dopamine anymore. See, at the in, in my area, my I, I just have fun posting content. I, I find it enjoyable. It's something I like to do at night and create content to post throughout the day. And I think the difference is, is I'm okay when it comes to a video not being super successful. And I think that is what pushed me to keep making content. It was like, what can I do to not only figure out and like play the algorithmic game, but also create content that I enjoy? Because at the end of the day, if you're not making content that makes you happy, or if you're not doing things that make you happy, you're not going to continue to do it. So now that you have this, you know, you've 
I mean, I'm going to assume that now that it's been more than 152 videos where 150 you went viral, right? Now you're, how many, how many posts have you made now? I actually had to look at this. So if you search someone on TikTok, it'll say, I'm not proud of this number, but it's 2,762. You should be proud of that number. That's killer. Um, so now that you've posted 2,000 times, right? How, mm-hmm. what's your average, like you've got 600 something thousand subscribers. How many people mm-hmm. see an average video? Like how, I'm trying to figure out how valuable is a subscriber on TikTok? What is, it changes from day to day, right? Like, but how frequently yeah, do they see 100%. your stuff? So it, what I've seen on TikTok is there's two different audiences that you want to play to. You want to play to the for you page and you want to play to your following page. So when you first post something, it's more likely to push to they're more likely to push to your following and if more of your following see it over time they may put it on the for you page or they may go back and forth so there's there's two different sections of tiktok there's the for you side there's the following side and if you can play to your following and create posts that gear more towards that side of your audience that is a very beneficial thing because those are the people that are more likely to buy products buy merch more interested in actually being a part of your journey Go mm-hmm. to YouTube. Go to all these other things. If you go to the For You page, you're just garnering a lot of attention. If you don't know what to do with that attention, it just kind of goes away after like a day or two. It, it's funny, um, though. I see you, even though I've been following you for years now, I, I see you on my For You page. It's weird. Like, you're on both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, so in in terms of, of how I see with that, the algorithm's a little different on, on how they, they react. Going back to your, your first question, I'd probably say on average, average view count per video is probably 75 to 100K. 75 to 100K? That's a better rate mm-hmm. than I think like Facebook, Instagram give their followers. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, so in my, in where we're at right now, I think TikTok is, is just so new and they just push so much organic reach it's really good at garnering attention. The problem is, is when you don't know what to do with that attention, it can be very difficult. And I think I didn't know what to do with that attention for the last few years, to be honest with you. Mm. I think I, I garnered a lot of attention on TikTok and I didn't know where to, what to go with it, where to, where to put it. Do you mean like monetization? I, exactly. Okay. And so that, that's my next focus now over this actually starting next month, putting together an entire plan. Everything. Okay. Can I pick your brain on it? Like, where, what, what are you thinking? That was on my list of questions. You. What are you, what yeah, are you definitely. thinking? So the first play I want to go about with it is focus on the different platforms. So first would be moving that traction and that audience over to YouTube more. Mm. And using these last two videos, I think I figured out a positive way to move it over to YouTube. Another plan would be to garner a series on TikTok to create more of a community. One of the ideas I had was to remove everything off of my walls here and create little challenges on TikTok. And if people are able to complete those challenges, I would write down their name and I would put them on the wall. And that's where it's Daniel's wall. And so if you're on the wall, then you could get like a special merch prize or something like that. And if you buy merch, maybe you could be on the wall too. So like stuff to create more of a community mm. aspect on TikTok, I think cool. is what nobody's doing right now. Sweet. Sweet. Or, or like, um, yeah, that, to- that makes total sense. So they would complete some challenge. And then your, your thought process is like the more of a community I can turn it into, the more engaged they'll be, the more likely I can sell them stuff. Exactly. Okay makes sense so 
what about your music that you I know you you produce and release music um, and you use Definitely. your TikTok as a distribution channel for that. Is that part of your monetization plan or is that more long term? I think it's both. I think that the pro- the whole thing about music on TikTok is that everyone is trying to push their music mm-hmm. on TikTok. I feel like every third or fourth or fifth post that I get at least is someone trying to push their song to me. So in terms of creating that creative post to get some someone interested in an actual song, when it goes quote-unquote viral, I think it's something I'm still trying to figure out. But at this point, I think in, in the long term, that's, that's more of my goal. I, I got into music and creation and that whole thing that's something i've wanted to do as a career for i think the past like three to five years or so Mm -hmm. so in the long term what i want to do is use tiktok as a tool to promote music yeah definitely okay fair enough and you mentioned merch um what what kind of merch are you thinking about doing like clothing so yeah so in terms of that whole end you were actually one of the people to comment on this. I was trying to think of an actual brand name to go with, and I had Wall or Daniel's Wall. And in terms of the look of it, I wanted a brick that had the words Wall on it, and I wanted it on a hat, I wanted it on a shirt, and I also wanted to sell keychains with a brick that have Wall on it. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. You should just send people, like, real bricks. <laughs> That's a vibe. I like that. I don't know. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> it could be like the supreme brick <laughs> dude you should have a brick that people sign and send to each other oh that is sick actually wait i'm gonna write that down real quick we did that in my dorm in college <laughs> did it go well uh did it what did it like did it work well uh i think taylor <laughs> sick i don't know oh taylor yeah yeah, what yeah. King? um so, you know, another thing you said you wanted to do was transfer your audience from, you know, TikTok and Instagram to YouTube. And one thing that I've been watching you do for, for the last, um, you know, eight months to a year is you've successfully, to some degree, transferred a large portion of your audience, or at least your most engaged portion of your audience from TikTok to Instagram. What was that process like and what lessons have you learned that you'll implement as you move to YouTube? Yeah, definitely. So if I'm being 100% honest with you, I feel like... Instagram really wasn't a transfer. I, so I don't know if you remember, but there was the whole like bands on TikTok that were coming out and and they wanted to ban TikTok in general. And back when that was happening, I was, I was trying to make this big push like, guys, go follow me on Instagram. Go follow me on, on YouTube. If just in case TikTok gets banned, it was this big deal. And while that happened, I probably, you know, went up by 600 followers it was chill cool um the people who go over to those kinds of areas and transfer in that way it isn't really like a full-on like i i want to follow you that was more like if it feels more to me like what i was going for was someone who is a hundred percent interested in the content that i make and move them over versus almost like a, a pity follow it seemed like everyone was was doing at that point to try to just move their content so they could keep making content just in case if TikTok went went down. But here's how I think I gained a following on Instagram, and that was by posting reels on Instagram. Ah, uh, okay. 
So you think YouTube there's different audiences? More of a transfer. One group of people on one platform and a separate group, and there's some tiny bit of overlap. But I think I think there's a, a larger overlap now that I kind of moved people over in in the last couple weeks or so. But 100, there there is an audience on Instagram. And there's an audience on TikTok. I think they're pretty much the same audience because all I've been doing is I've been taking the content from TikTok and just posting it on Instagram. Uh, yeah. So then, you know, why would someone follow both platforms? Because they're going to get the same thing twice. True. Um, but in terms of everything on that end, I, I found that there is a group on TikTok and there's a group on Instagram. They might both be using, some people might be both be using them, but I think there's a big divide of people right now that want to stick with Instagram and people that are only with TikTok, if I'm be honest with you. So allowing for both of those audiences and, and bring them together. Um, create that. And I think people are on both and I think people are following me on both also. Not everyone has both platforms too. So there isn't going to be a one-to-one transfer there. Like specifically our age is like right at that cutoff where you're either on it or you're against it on as far as TikTok's concerned. So that, uh, that makes perfect sense to me. So what do you, what's your plan for YouTube? Are you going to do the same thing? Or are you going to say, are you going to first ask for like, Hey, you already have some followers on YouTube actually, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I, Six weeks ago, I had 300 subscribers, and now, six weeks later, I have 2,000. Wow. So that, in terms of, like, growth, I've, I've never, like, I've never had any growth like that on YouTube ever. Like, that, that's insane to me, because YouTube always seemed like this platform that I couldn't crack, and I feel like now I'm starting to. And the way I've been doing that is I've been making content on TikTok, seeing what connects with people, making follow-up videos to that, and it starts to create a funnel where the final is more of, not really an ad, but more of like showing that, hey, there's a YouTube video about this in a lot more detail. Go check it out. And that's working, huh? Yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, really, um, that's a smart way to that's a smart way to do it, man. That's good thinking. You got big brain energy going on. <laughs> <laughs> so the last, so the, the first way I saw it happen was I posted the, the actual video you talked about earlier, the Bella Porch video. Uh-huh. Right now on TikTok, it has like 7.5 million views. The video after it commenting to it has 3 million views. So right there, that creates a funnel, like moving down the funnel. The first video started out with like, hey, this video was written by, or this song was written by these two people, but there's a clean version, but there's no words to it. And going down, people are like, oh, there's a clean version because it needs to be on the radio. Replied to that. I wasn't talking about if it was on the radio. I was more referring to why take out the words and the song's no longer the song. So then that creates another funnel down to where it's like, oh, they should make a kid's bop version. Oh, you know what? They should. Why don't I do that? (laughs) So I did. I posted it on YouTube. And then there's just a funnel. There's a funnel starting out with like super wide attention. Moves down to why did they create this clean version? To creating down to... Hey, there's a kids bop version that I made. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. It's Here's a little clip of it. It's fascinating to hear you talk about this because it's such a natural fit. This this approach in life, it's such a natural fit for a your personality and b your ambitions of like being a musician. Um, it's you know it's it's interesting. Like you mentioned that you, for the last three to five years, this has been a goal of yours to like be a full time musician and like that have that be your goal. What do you think your life would be like right now if TikTok didn't come out two years ago or three years ago? A good question. I probably would be afraid to do a lot of things. I probably would be afraid to post. I probably would be afraid to put out music. 
I'm not sure I would have. Because I think that opportunity to post and get nothing and get, not garner any attention on anything and, and see songs not do well, to see videos not do well, to say, I got to keep trying. Like, to allow that failure to happen, I think, allowed me to see, hey, it's okay. Why don't we just keep going? And now I need to bring that same energy back into music. So that's the next plan, actually. The next, um, every every month, releasing one song a month, starting this month. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah. How would you describe Isn't your it? genre? Indie pop. But more recently, i got to be honest with you, Max, I have been starting to make music and songwrite for other people, which has been super fun. Like... I've been doing a lot of Zoom sessions with people and helping them create their songs has been super f interesting and, and really fun to be a part of. And it's almost like having little mini assets just like out there. Little mini assets, what do you mean? Like in, in order looking at this like a creative endeavor, I am super happy to be able to help people create the sound that they want to do especially for myself like if i'm doing collabs with people but if i'm able to help someone create a song of theirs um, that's creating a connection with someone that could lead me to someone else to work with oh, that create a song for me and then also on top of that i don't charge people for their songs if i believe in them so they give me a percentage of the royalties so really? in terms of an actual business venture it literally is an asset. little mini assets yeah Fascinating. You're one of the um, few musicians I know who actually has, uh, I don't know if you have a full business degree or like a partial business degree, because you know, obviously we were in the same program for part of the of college. What, um, do you feel like you're a more business-minded person as a result of that? Or have you always thought this way? I guess not to give credit to someone else for what you've done, because that's never the case, right? But do you feel like it's helped you to have any kind of business background while being a musician? I think definitely, at 100%. I, mu being a musician is one thing. Being a successful artist is another thing entirely. You could be the best musician in the world. That doesn't mean people are gonna hear your music. There was a statistic that, was, that dropped. Before it was 40,000 songs go out on Spotify a day, now it's 60,000 songs go out on Spotify a day. So in order to gain attention and to push through and be able to get awareness from people you have to be able to market yourself in a creative way to get people to want to listen to it and click on your song now if you want to pay that's one thing uh, labels usually pay a hundred thousand dollars per campaign for a song i don't have that kind of money to to put into marketing of a song but i can try to create posts that are more creative seeing what works Dude, you're exactly right like i was um for the last you know little while i've been hopping around as you know and i lived in nashville for two months and now oh wow nashville is a super cool city have you ever been i haven't i want to go there. yeah you'd love it so nashville is really cool because you know every bar or restaurant you go to there's live music there's like some guitar player and they're they're fantastic man like you know i'm like a decent you know guitar player we played together but yeah definitely these guys are as good as professionals can be right but no one knows their name. So it absolutely speaks to the point that, that you're making. Like these guys 
are as talented as you need to get to be famous. And that's not the variable that's leading to their success because they're not successful yet. You know, it's, it's about marketing. It's about strategy. It's about business. It's about money connections. Um, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, the, the famous quote that, that always sticks with me is, is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So in terms of, of, I think smart hard work is better than hard work too. Because I think for a while I was doing hard work in certain ways without figuring out the different ways to actually bring said songs into that limelight. And I, when, it, when it comes to Spotify, when it comes to people hearing your, your music, I think it's all about consistency. And that's something that I want to bring more to. I I took a break to kind of focus on learning. So I took a couple songwriting classes. I took a songwriting class with a pretty um, big songwriter. Um, and then his name's Ryan Tedder. I took a singing yeah. class. Someone... With... <laughs> That's uh, One Republic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he hasn't... Uh, I took a singing class with a singing coach. This is all through monthly, um, a platform. And then I took a production class with Lewis Bell, who's Post Malone's producer. So, like, for the last, like, six to eight months, I've just been focusing on learning, honestly, more than anything. And also posting content with, at the, at the, also. Um, and to be able to now, I probably have maybe, like, 20 songs in the vault now that I can just focus on putting those songs out, continue to make, of course, continuing to create, but I think, how can I start taking this platform I've created and turn it into a full-time endeavor? You know, the um, this content production method of approaching the music industry is, it's a fascinating thing. It Actually, you're, you're one of like three or four people I know that have used TikTok specifically to create their their success in life, basically. Um, you know, Lacey being one of them who you, uh, who you actually told to get on the platform from wild joy. Um, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, <laughs> my yeah, Lacey's Lacey's awesome. She's really figured out, out the platform. I, I, I told her to, to get on it. If that, that's definitely for sure, but that's, that's all her and her work oh, ethic. And sure. she's, she's super smart in terms of how she's done it too. For sure. Yeah. I did an episode with her and there is, she's tenacious, man. She kills it. But, um, what I was going to, what I was going to say is like, if you were to start over again and you knew that TikTok was going to be, you know, the platform that, that killed it for you, what would you do differently? Would you, or in, taking this question another way, if there's someone else who's approaching the music industry or maybe just business in general that really wants to start dominating on TikTok specifically and thinks that that's a path that they could be good at, what would, what advice would you give them? I would give the advice of learning the platform, learning what is successful on the platform. But also, the best way to do that is to do. The best way to do that is to post. The best way to do that is to fail. And so if you're not willing to put out content, then you're never going to build a community on said platform. So in terms of what I think I'd do differently is I... I posted. I started posting on TikTok probably around like January of 2019. I didn't put out my first song until March of 2020. First thing I would have changed is I would have started putting out music as soon as possible. As soon as possible, would have started pushing that music right away, or anything, any product, any any sort of areas. And then I would have. What I what I be even looking to do now is if someone's new on the platform and wants to garner a bunch of attention, is I would just simply make content 
around the the areas that I want to push. So if I make music like Olivia Rodrigo, I would take the song Good For You and I would write a verse to it. And then I would possibly even combine my version. I would have said, like, this is the response to her song and made a different song entirely. Um, I would have done social hacking, in a sense, on that end to garner a bunch of attention. But in addition to that, like, those kinds of posts... Social hacking is only going to take you so far without being able to create an audience that is more interested in you. You have to figure out what can I do to provide them value from my own ideas. One of the the videos that I wasn't expecting to do well at all that has really taken off is what if Kids Bop was for adults? So I... I posted that video like at 10.30 at night. It got like 500 views. I wake up the next morning, it has 100,000. I'm like going throughout the day. Next day, it has 3 million. It's, it's insane, like the amount of like growth and how exponentially crazy it went. So in terms of how that worked, I, I was probably making songs that sound the same originally. I was comparing two songs, put them together. That was social hacking in and of it entirely. This is a song you know. This is another song you know. Hey, guess what? They sound alike. Cool. Um, do you know this song? This song was written by this person. Oh, that's sick. I think songwriters need to be recognized more, so that was another reason I wanted to make that kind of content. That makes sense. Um, but when it comes to adult bop, I don't... That was just a random idea I had. So I made a song based on a song that people know. Mary had a little lamb and made it into a joke about taxes. And it did super well, and I made it into a YouTube video, which also garnered a bunch of attention on YouTube. So, like, that is a completely original idea that people... That was probably some of my highest, like, a follower retention on TikTok thus far. I think before I posted that, I was probably at, like, 600,000 views. Next day, like, 640,000, 630,000. Do, do you still get nervous when you post these new ideas? Like, when you're doing something like adult bop that's never been done before, it, I mean, it must feel like more of a, of a creative risk than, yeah, do you know definitely. this song, here's who wrote it? 100%. And whenever a new, like, video or new video idea comes up that I would post, 100%. There's there's nerves in, in regards to that, but when videos don't do well, that's also a tell to say, hey, you know, maybe I like this kind of content. Maybe I'll keep doing it if I like it. Maybe it just doesn't connect with a ton of people. I feel like, tell At me least if right I'm wrong, now. I feel like it's got to be worse before you post it to not know if it does well or badly than to know that it did badly like the, the, the not knowing has to be worse than the feel the feeling of failure right 100 percent. like on here here's another thing to keep in mind though i when i first started songs that sound the same it didn't do well until the fifth episode of that i just really enjoyed that kind of content and making it so i would take two songs i would compare them together and i would say here's they sound the same Here's why, here's the producers, here's the songwriter, stuff like that. First video, 300 views. Second video, 500 views. Third video, 1,000. Fourth video, didn't do that well. Fifth video, 300,000. So, like, then all the videos before that got a bunch of attention, too. Interesting, man. Interesting. Yeah, I can't, like, yeah. I can't even post stuff on my own. It's, like, I get freaked out. I just don't do it. So I just, I've hired someone to post for me because otherwise I'll never post it. I just like, here, here's all the stuff. Just please post it. So I don't have to think about it. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. If you can almost treat it like investing, like set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. Like you can kind of think of making posts as like 
little assets in a sense, garnering you like small investment capital. But over time, it's more of like attention, retention based, follower, like stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that is if you want to think about, about more like a business mindset. That is 100% how I think about it. Because right now, this podcast costs me money and doesn't make me any money. I mean, it gets me some new clients for my web design agency, but it's, it's a negative ROI. But I think about it long term, right? Because I'm going to have these channels like my Instagram, my YouTube, my everything for 10, 20, 30 years. And if I invest in it now, it'll be a really useful asset to me, you know, five years from now when I'm launching whatever I'm launching. It, it can only pay off well if I don't stop doing it. True, 100%. And I, I think I I think having content for your business, especially in this day and age, I think it's incredibly important. I think the fact that you're doing it is excellent. I I think that you could also... Are you, are you currently posting any of this stuff on TikTok too? Like any content? Tried for like... I tried for like a, a couple of weeks and it just got nowhere. Mm probably did like 30 posts and it was getting like 200 views per thing. And I figured there's probably a way to make it work, but I need to not post the exact same thing I'm posting on Instagram, on TikTok. So I figured, okay, what's gonna be the highest return on investment? So we froze TikTok and now we're shifting to YouTube. So hopefully by the time this video goes live, my YouTube channel will be active. But if you have TikTok advice, I will take it. Yeah, 100%. Like. Have you have you been on the platform at all? Yeah, I mean for TikTok. Like, have stuff. you like any like any posts that are like doing well right now? Like in general on the... on my account? Yeah, no, nothing. Account. I haven't posted a single thing that's done well. I think like most of or, my best my best video got like four hundred views or something. But have you been like on the platform and like just watching content in general? Yeah. So you've seen what does well on the platform. Yeah. In in terms of the stuff that. Where, where I think would, would differentiate, you have a client who really wants something. What are the ideas that you can do to kind of help them with that? Like, I think a, a way that you could be very successful at this is if you create educational content around the content that you want to make. So the you don't, you don't have to walk me through like the business plan or anything like that. Isn't it, isn't it basically like marketing in a sense i do web, it's a uh, web design so i help businesses okay. make websites to so say daniel you were my client what i would do is i would help set up a business that a website that represents you lists out your product offerings people can purchase them on the site you know say you're selling merch you could do that like that kind of thing great i mean basically teaching people that kind of content creating it in a way that could be incredibly like using social hacking be like Let's say Coca-Cola was my client. Here's what I would do to make them more successful. Ah, that's a cool idea. I'll write that down. So here's what I'm, um, here's what I'm actually thinking we're going to do. And maybe I can get your, your take on this. I've, I've already committed kind of hard to it, so don't shoot it down too much. But we're, I'm going to be creating a YouTube uh, channel that it's going to be the same channel that I post the podcast on. It's going to be really focused on... Um, like creating videos to help freelancers and agency owners achieve some measure of success. So it's like how to get clients for your freelance business. So it's, it's, it's approaching the other end. Instead of being client focused, it'll be towards my competitors, I guess, or people who are maybe a few years behind me. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I think then I could kind of create that educational type content that you're talking about for, you know, Hey, here's what you could do better, you know, on TikTok instead. Yeah, one hundred percent. I really, I really like it. I think any idea that you have, I think the best way to to learn if it does well or see if it'll be successful is to simply try it. Mm, you're right. Um, you're right. And so, I I think you should go for it too. Like, Wait. 
sooner the better. Like, you got you got to also keep in mind that a lot of people think that quality is so important on these applications, and it's not true. Like, people just want to be entertained. Like, songs that sound the same videos. I was recording my phone with the ca- with this 2015 MacBook <laughs> Pro. I still do that. I still record videos. I don't like put this into a third-party application. I make everything from my phone. And it garners... The, the Bella Porch video was recording m- from my phone to TikTok on the computer. I was recording a TikTok on TikTok. And it got 7 million views. Like, the best... The, the way I've seen it is I think quantity... Quantity creates quality. Um, I think that's something that Gary Vee always talks about, too, actually. Well, can't be that but, wrong if the wizard himself says it. <laughs> Like, the way I've seen it with is continuous posting allows you to see what's going to be successful for you, but you won't know what's going to be successful until you try as well. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. So let's let's shift that slightly then. So what are you thinking you're going to be doing on YouTube? Like, obviously you have some momentum. You've got 2,000 subscribers. Like, what's the, what's your content? How's your content on YouTube different than your content on TikTok other than time Great. Stamp? question i've noticed personally the content on youtube that works well for me is right now is actually creating full songs like really? legit creating the bella porch kids bop video creating the adult bop video like having like 30 to 50 seconds people really like the music too so one of the other things the the post malone um class i took i was going to do post malone taught me how to make a song and i was going to show the song and here's how he taught me post malone's producer taught me how to make a song um so in terms of the actual content I want to put on YouTube right now, it's going to be more around the music that I create, I think, because that's what's really connecting with people, but also the content that I like to make right now on YouTube too. Dude, that is so killer. I'm going to put you in touch with his, I did, I just did an episode with him, probably, it'll probably go live too before yours does. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, t- a rapper that just blew up on TikTok. His name's Project 105. Um, and he's, he's looking at ways to like diversify his, his influence on like stuff kind of like you're doing, right? Like on Instagram, on YouTube and all that stuff. I'm going to put you in touch with him. I think, uh, I think you guys would get along well, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a sweet, um, that's a sweet strategy. It kind of reminds me of like when we were in middle school and high school, obviously we didn't know each other, but there were these, there was this channel, like Epic Rap Battles of History. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, they were producing full content, like full songs and they were releasing them for like kind of shock value entertainment on their channel, but they're still like awesome music. You know? Yeah, 100%. Like the thing I've noticed about the, the funnel that I'm, that I'm using right now is TikTok. No one's going to listen to your song unless there's a story that connects with them. No matter what that story is, even if it's something that's funny, if it's something that's emotional. So in terms of the way I see it, like TikTok creates the story, brings them down the funnel until they hit YouTube where they actually see the final song. So people are more likely to watch it all the way through since they've been along this journey. Huh. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. I don't think a lot of people think about their content syndication as a funnel, like the way you're describing it. Like most of the time when I hear people talking about funnels, it's like lead generation kind of a thing, but you're being very strategic about it, which is cool. Where did you learn all of this? I, I don't know. I think I just did it. Like I, like the 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 learning that I've done through this actual specific area and, and talking about it like that 
I think I didn't realize it until the first one did well. And I was like, why is this actually working? Why is this actually successful? It's because these people who are on TikTok, like TikTok's really good at getting attention, virality. But if I wanted to move that attention and move them down, I would need to create almost like a funnel, like a sales funnel to get to the close. My goal is to get people to go to YouTube right now. One of my goals. How do I do that? I bring them down this journey. Interesting. And we we didn't talk about this explicitly, but you know, I've got some ideas. Like, why why YouTube? Why is YouTube the channel that you want to get people onto now? Yeah, I I think I've always looked at YouTube as evergreen content. Like, right now, YouTube has standed the test of time. It's been around for what fifteen years or something, oh and. God. YouTube also creates for long-form content to allow for more of a community. And I think when it comes to YouTube, it creates more of that relationship with your audience than TikTok does. So I think that TikTok is a great place to gain attention. But if I wanted to connect more with my audience, I think I'd do that on YouTube. Does anything about it have to do with monetization? Like... That's one of the reasons that I really want to get into YouTube because of the monetization capabilities. The there. AdSense? Yeah, AdSense. I don't know too much about like what AdSense actually gives you. I've heard mixed things from different YouTubers in general. And like the CTR, like the click-through rate on a finance YouTuber is gonna be much higher than like the click-through rate on like SSS or SS Sniper Wolf's video when she reacts. Sure. Um But in terms of that that sounds like a segue into the the creator fund. That obviously. is where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the creator fund. But yeah, um the the creator fund seems like it was a great attempt to try to pay creators and I think they did a great job of it early on. It seems like the creator fund has dropped off in terms of how much they're paying creators now. Are you in the creator um, fund? The, mm-hmm. Okay. And I can I can break down those numbers for you real quick. So at at the beginning it was actually much higher in terms of actual like amounts that they were giving. It seemed like it was around five cents every thousand views. Now it seems like it's anywhere from one cent every thousand views to around just based on watch time. So the actual amounts of what it looks like they're giving you has gone way down. Gotcha. In terms on that end. Like for example, down probably maybe like a hundred percent. From like January earlier this year. Is that just because the app has gotten so much more popular and they don't need creators Probably. as much as they as they did? Most likely, yeah. Interesting. So, all right, I guess it just means you got to find other ways to monetize what you're doing. But the uh, the other thing I've heard about the Creator Fund is that once you join it, they drop your your reach. Is that true? So, I'm sure that there's like some aspects to it with them like not wanting to. To, to pay like you can look at it like that my opinion is people are more than likely to blame anything on everything if they don't go viral it's because they're shadow banned not because the post didn't not because the post didn't connect with someone they didn't go viral it's because it's the creator fund and they joined it oh look at this i stopped doing the creator fund and my next three posts did better than before by a 10 percent margin oh must be because I'm not a part of the creator fund anymore. I think people are just quick to assume. I think there might be some aspects to it, but if I was TikTok and the posts that I was making are gaining, are keeping people on the app enough to where I make money, 
why would I limit that post to more people? Yeah, they wouldn't do it if it wasn't ROI positive. Yeah. It, like, is is there some... I, I don't know the exact truth. I My reach hasn't dropped since I joined the Creator Fund. I joined the Creator Fund back in, like, September of 2020. Okay. So, it sounded like you said that there's a way to, like, turn it on and off. Is that is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Like, once you join it, you can turn it off or on? Yeah, 100%. You can, you can stop the Creator Fund at any point. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's uh, good to know. The reason, one of the reasons I'm asking you is because that guy that I was telling you about, Project 105, he now is at a point where he's got, like, I don't know, 400,000 or 300,000 followers on TikTok and he's looking to monetize and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm nervous to do it because I've heard all that. Do you think, is that advice that you give to people? Like, just try it because the worst comes to worst, you can turn it off? Yeah, 100%. The worst, yeah, exactly. Worst comes to worst, you can turn it off and more than likely if these people are right, if you do turn it off, then your engagement will go back up. Okay, cool. So I mean like it's a, it's a, win-win situation either way like either you make money or you can turn it off and your engagement will go back up yeah that hey that makes sense that makes sense um so you also if i'm not mistaken are working full-time while you're doing this correct yes what are you doing i am working for a university as a financial advisor helping students with financial aid okay so how much time of your time does creating content for a viral account three accounts now uh youtube tiktok and instagram that's a good point i didn't even think about that yeah how much of your time is that taking um tiktok probably takes anywhere from around two to three hours per night um youtube youtube is a different beast altogether youtube probably takes six hours per week six to seven hours per week probably more if we're gonna be honest the first video i ever made took seven hours to like create fully um but instagram isn't that hard for me because i'm just taking the content from tiktok over to instagram as reels but i'll probably have to start making content soon because more than likely tiktok and youtube shorts are going to start cracking down on that kind of content with their algorithmics or algorithms and stuff um but since it's working now, why not take advantage of it until it doesn't? Sure. Okay, so... I already have the content. So all said and done, you're at like 62, 65 hours a week. Does that sound right? 7, 10. In terms of like creating content... Just I was just like combining you? all of your work hours. Oh. Yeah, probably. Okay. Probably maybe like 70. Is that a stressful load for you? Or are you happy to be working at that level? Or where are you at mentally with this? Um... It's it's funny that that you bring that up. I it, it's a it's a lot to handle. If I'm be hundred percent honest with you, and I gain a lot of happiness from being able to create and everything on that end. I started the job around when COVID first hit. I had student loans I needed to pay off. I had other things that happened. I didn't have this kind of kind of content. I didn't have the the platform when I was first getting a job, and. There's that whole, like, when, when you're starting to build as a creator, at what point is it okay to say, like, hey, this sustainable income I have every month that I'm making before I was a creator, at what point is it like, okay, I can do it on my own now? So that's something that I haven't come to terms with yet. It's even challenging and, once you can sustain yourself from one source to shut off the other one. Like, 
an example in my life has been like, there have been points in my business where, you know, I've shifted my business model from one thing to another, but I've still got a couple of other people on retainer, for example, with past ways of doing business. And, you know, while I look at those as I still see a positive source of income for me, and then I have this main business model, which is most of my time, it's, you know, even though I know that the way forward is with these new projects, and I've got these old ones on retainer still, like, when do you shut them off, even though the other one is good enough to sustain you, because it's hard to say no to past money. And like, for me, the balance has always been like, okay, how much of my mental bandwidth or my team's mental bandwidth is being taken up by this thing? And how much could I grow the thing that I that is going to be the way forward? Like how much, even though it's still a net profit for me to have these, the opportunity cost of that mental bandwidth is really tough to measure. And it's really tough to come to, to terms with that. Um, Very true. I sympathize hardcore with what you're saying is, <laughs> is the point here. And... Um... I, I keep going back and forth on if it's the time, and I think I'll, I'll know soon. And I, th- I think I'll probably make that decision pretty soon. But right now at this second, I think the goal is to see... Because over, over the next month and, and implementing that whole plan that I talked to you about earlier, like by implementing it, would it be a good idea to not have... A full-time job at the same time so I can put my all into it or would it be a good idea to have that just in case it doesn't work out um, I think the first honestly it's I so understand what you're wrestling with here because like full-time dedication to something is one of the main variables to success and you, the fact that you've been so successful without that is pretty damn impressive like Appreciate that. When, whenever people come to me and they're like, hey, Max, I got this business idea. Like, what should I do? I always just tell them straight up. I'm like, listen, if you're not doing it full time, it's probably going to fail. Like, <laughs> you just got to know that. Um, and the fact that you are an exception to that rule is, is pretty killer. So, you know, I, I imagine that if you did take that leap of faith, it would probably be pretty, pretty successful. Positive. I mean, I, I think back to this to, to you know, Lacey from Wild Joy's story when she t- she told me like, um, on the podcast, and I don't want to butcher her story, but basically she was, I think, let go because of COVID from her um, previous position. And that forced her to make, like the decision that you're making now, the authority to make the decision was taken from her. And she was kind of forced to, to you know, move in that direction. And that's one of the things that led to her success. All that to say, I believe in you. And uh, I think if you do choose to, to take that, that that step, that would help you. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw you guys' as your guys' podcast, I think she referenced Mark Cuban's story and how she would do that. And that was that was a really cool thing. I, I watched that, I think. Didn't you post that around, like, January? Middle January? Like, 2021? She was one of my first right. ones. It may have been a little earlier than that, but around that time period, yeah. So, around that time, I was wrestling, like, do I still need this? And now it's come to the point, like, I think I, I don't. I don't think I need it anymore. But letting it go has been the part that I'm wrestling with still. Yeah. It's I, I think I think I've never said that out loud, so thank you for helping me come to that realization. <laughs> Breakthroughs on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. You know it. Love to hear it, man. Well dude, is uh where where can people follow you? What do you want to push right now? You wanna push YouTube? Let's push YouTube. <laughs> yeah, let's push YouTube. Hey. Hey, so check me out on YouTube at Daniel's Wall. Dan there's there's the Daniel's Wall right there. Um, and 
if if you want to check out any other platforms and have any questions for me, reach out to me on Instagram. Same thing, Daniel's Wall. Same thing on TikTok, you know? Middle name is Seth, so last name is Wall, first name is Daniel. So ah, in terms I didn't of the way the initial. name works. Okay, cool. Daniel's Wall. And that's why I want to get rid of every. I think it would be a cool, a cool idea to... To implement that. Daniel S. Wall. Daniel's Wall. Love it. Dude. Yes, sir. Good branding. Good branding. Oh, what did you... So you decided on Daniel's Wall instead of Daniel... Instead of Wall? So I think Wall is going to be the overarching name for the brand. But I think Daniel's Wall is going to be a feature of, like, probably merch, honestly. Right on. That's sweet. Um, Appreciate it. Well, dude, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, this Got is so overdue. You. We've been trying to do this for, I don't know, half a year. Um, but it's been worth it. I, I'm, thank you so much for having me. It's been, there's breakthroughs today. I gotta tell you, I learned a lot. <laughs> it was super fun, man. I love chatting with you. I love chatting with you. We'll do it again soon. Sounds like a plan. Take care, brother. You too.